Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotion. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just close our eyes for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it is always such an honor to be able to speak to you early in the morning hours. And Lord, as this day has begun, if there is anything that is separating us from you, if there's anything that is causing us to not come to you, to 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 not be open with you, Lord, may you please take away that separation between us and you. You have already, you know, taken away the separation that was caused by sin, by dying on the cross. And Lord, we pray that if our own minds and our own hearts and the things of our lives are still separating us from you, Lord, may you do away with it. May you work in us and through us, Lord, for your glory and your honor is my prayer in your name. Amen. For our verse of contemplation, I'd like to read for you this morning out of the book of Micah chapter 7 and verse 19. It says, He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and you will cast all of their sins into the depths of the sea. Let them go because you have been forgiven. The title for my talk this morning is A Burden Too Heavy to Bear. So I want to talk to you a little bit about guilt this morning. Um, guilt, this burden that is too heavy to bear for us. Many of us are faced with guilt within our lives and things that we regret that we've done in the past, things that we are currently still struggling, sins that we are struggling to overcome. And, and guilt can really be a burden that weighs us down and holds us back from really truly living our lives. Now, I'm not saying that we should run away from guilt because this is often what we do. When you think about the emotion guilt, for many of you, it is an uncomfortable feeling. It is an emotion that we experience when things have gone wrong or when we have done something wrong or even when we've neglected to do what is right, you know, a type of sin of omission. And and then sometimes we even experience the feeling of guilt when we think we've done something wrong, but we haven't really done anything wrong. So we've perceived to have crossed the boundary or perceived to have done something wrong. And, and guilt comes from various sources, really. But when we experience guilt, we often try and run away from it because it is a, it's, a, it's a nasty feeling to have. It's a very uncomfortable feeling that kind of sits here in your gut. And, and, and we don't really like the feeling of guilt. You see, it's really unsettling to our inner peace and stability. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about guilt today because probably you might be struggling with guilt guilt from the past, guilt from the present, um, whatever it may be. And, and I really do not want guilt to, to be this thing that holds you back in life, to be something that keeps unsettling your inner peace and stability. You see, guilt has a job that it needs to do, but we need to allow it to do the job that it needs to do and get it done and over with and move on with life. But before we can really jump into guilt, we need to just really learn um, where guilt originates. And guilt originates from when a boundary is overstepped. All of us have certain rules and morals and values inside of us that, that we keep or not keep. And when we overstep these boundaries and moral rules and values that we internally experience within ourselves, then we start to struggle with feelings of guilt. But you see, before we can go into this, we need to understand where our idea of right and wrong comes from. Where do you get your boundaries from? Because you need to understand where your boundaries come from in order to understand whether you are feeling guilty for an inappropriate reason or for an appropriate reason. Because there is such a thing as appropriate guilt and inappropriate guilt. Some of us are feeling guilty and we shouldn't even be feeling guilty. 
But we'll talk about that a little bit later. So where do you today get your concept of right or wrong from? We really get it from different places. Um, For example, if I were to use an example of something that is considered right or wrong, if I were to ask you the question, is it right or wrong to engage in premarital sex? In other words, to have intercourse before marriage. What would you answer today? Now, I want to demonstrate to you by this question where our ideas of right or wrong come from. It comes from various places. The first place where we learn what is right or wrong is from our parents. And if I were to ask you, what did your parents teach you regarding premarital sex? Is it right or wrong to have marriage, uh, sex before marriage? And you'd probably tell me, Nandi, no, my parents said that it's not right. I need to wait until I'm married. It depends on which family you come from. You see, it's different for each one of us. You also get your idea of what's right and wrong from your family, your extended family, not just your parents, but your brothers, your sisters, your siblings, your aunts, uncles, aunties, cousins, all of those extended family members. And if you were to ask them the same question, you might find different answers within your family even regarding this specific rule. They might tell you, you know what, if you wait until you're 18, when you're an adult, when you're formally old enough to make your own choices, then you can decide whether you want to engage in sexual relations before or after marriage. And then your friends. Friends is also a place where we learn our morals and where we learn certain rules and boundaries. And if you were to ask yourself today, what did your friends say when you were growing up about premarital sex? They might have said something like, hey, if it feels good, why not? You know, Um, it can't be wrong if it feels good. And then also school. School taught us certain morals and values, um, certain rules and boundaries. Schools might have said, no, you shouldn't, but then they would hand out a condom, um, which kind of, you know, speaks for something else, you know, saying like, you're not supposed to, but if you do, please be safe. And then church, if you go to church, church would have taught you something about sex before marriage. Your society that you lives in might have said something like, you know what, it's really your business. It's none of our business. You do what you feel is right. And then your culture. What did your culture teach you growing up whether sex before marriage is right or wrong? Um, I'm using specifically sex before marriage, but you can really use this illustration with anything, any type of moral or rule or boundary. Um, There are some cultures that actually say that you should wait until marriage. But then when it comes to initiation time, I've been told that some cultures actually, you know, dabble in sexual things. So, yes, what has your culture taught you? And then, of course, there's the Bible and God. And when we read the Bible and we ask ourselves, what would God say? The answer would probably be that he would say, no. The Bible calls sex before marriage fornication. And it is listed as one of the sins of the Bible. And then, of course, there's the government. The government also makes rules. And today in South Africa, if you go and ask any government official what is the laws regarding sex before marriage, they will tell you that there's an age limit to sex. Back in the day, it was 16 or 18. And today, as South Africa stands, the legal age limit for children to have sex is 12 years old. And this is very confusing because on the one end, you know, your workplace rules might tell you that, you know, if you want to have sex before marriage, it's your problem. Just don't do it at work. And then we also have the media that teaches us certain morals. The media, like TV, magazines, social media, and they have their own set of rules and morals. And they will tell you that regarding sex, anyone, anytime, anywhere, however you please. And and this is really concerning because at the end of the day, you have an internal decision to make. You have your own internal norms, values, and standards that you need to adhere to. And, and with all of these voices in your head that you can listen to, you 
know, your parents, family, friends, school, church, society, culture, Bible, government, workplace, media. Who are you going to listen to? So who is right and who is wrong in these equations? Now, John chapter 16 verse 8 tells us, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he is the one that's going to convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. So in other words, the Bible is telling us that the Holy Spirit is the one that is, you know, going to teach us what is right and wrong. It's going to convict us of when we're doing right and when we're doing wrong. So the Bible is really perpetuating that there's going to be a still small voice inside of you that you're going to hear that's going to say, go this way, go that way. But that's only if you've spent time in the word of God. You see, the Holy Spirit can only bring back into your remembrance the things that you've learned in the word of God. If you're spending time in the world and society and listening to people and all of that, then your morals and standards and the still small voice that's going to speak to you is going to come from the world. Um, in other words, your, your, your subconscious is going to be taught by the things that you spend time in. And oftentimes the reason that we end up feeling guilty is because we're trying to live up to the standards of everybody and everything else around us. There's so many voices in our heads and these voices tend to conflict with one another and we need to learn which voice we should listen to you see each of these entities that i've mentioned approaches right and wrong from their own perspective and they don't always agree with one another so all of these voices are saying different things are right and wrong um, but you see they could be wrong none of those places that we learned right or wrong are infallible but in the end we need to decide where our morality lies where are we going to learn our boundaries from and you see i am biased so i recommend obviously that we go to the boundaries and the rules and the morals that the bible teaches where we get it straight from god god who does not change god who does not lie god who has our best interest at heart where we can find real truth to follow and to adhere to um, and then afterwards, you know, we can go for advice to our parents, our families, our church groups. And, and I would recommend staying away from social media regarding whether things are right and wrong because they're just completely immoral. Um, but you see, we need to realize that sometimes we do look at these other places. Sometimes without even realizing it, we look at people and we look at other people's lives and what they say is right and wrong and we get into trouble. And just because men and women of high position that we look up to commit sin openly and don't look like they feel guilt or experience guilt doesn't mean that we should now follow in their footsteps and, and feel that, you know, sin and its guilt and its enormity is now less. We should really choose the Bible as our standard. And, and everything in life, we should measure by the Bible to ask ourselves, you know, am I feeling guilty because this is something that the Bible prohibits? Or is this something that somebody else has pushed onto me because of their own ideas? Um, sin should always appear sinful and filthy because the Bible points it out as sinful and, and, and filthy. But there are things that we feel guilty about that you know, we shouldn't feel guilty about. That's not something that is really wrong. And I'll explain this to you a little bit later. So I recommend establishing the word of God as your guiding rule. And when you know what your boundaries are, then you will truly feel rational or appropriate guilt because then you will know that you are following the right rules. So something that I just want to mention is, is that another reason that we tend to feel guilty is not just because we overstep boundaries, but we feel guilty because um, of circumstances. You see, circumstances play a role in whether something is considered right or wrong. Let me explain. You might say that it is correct for a couple who is married to each other to have 
intercourse with one another, to have sex with one another. But if I were to ask you, if I take that very same couple and I put them in a public place where there's lots of people around, would it still be appropriate and right to have sexual intercourse in public? And you might say to me, no, Nandi, it's not appropriate. So be aware of the fact that circumstances do play a role on whether something is right or wrong in certain instances. But we really need to realize that the causes of guilt is not just from boundaries and overstepping boundaries, like breaking the law of the country or your Christian laws. It's not just about disrespecting people or doing things like lying and stealing and abusing and causing shame. But it comes from guilt comes from blaming as well. Sometimes we blame ourselves for things that are appropriate or things that are not appropriate. And guilt comes from that. Sometimes we receive criticism from other people whose boundaries are not the same as ours and then we feel like we're a failure and we feel like we're we're not very good at what we've done and then we start feeling guilty because we haven't lived up to our standards or to the standards of others around us. If you are struggling today even with a low self-esteem and a a damaged self-concept, this can also cause guilt inside of you. Guilt which is maybe not appropriate. Feeling guilty because um, you've been broken down by life. And then also we can feel guilty because of neglect. When we neglect people, when people neglect us, when we neglect um, things that we should do. And this is really demonstrating um, the type of guilt because of of not doing what is right. So there's certain things that, that causes guilt where we do what is wrong. But we can feel guilty because we haven't done what is right. We've neglected our duties and our, our um, responsibility to the world around us. And then misunderstandings can also cause guilt. And then, of course, if we have spiritual misunderstandings, that can also cause guilt. Where we misunderstand that which God expects of us, we place unnecessary spiritual guilt upon us. And then the irrational and inappropriate perceptions of guilt, irrational and inappropriate perceptions. So I want to talk a little bit about a type of guilt that we shouldn't feel guilty over. And this type of guilt is called inappropriate or irrational um, type of guilt. Now, what this is, is, is that usually people feel guilty for things that they did not do wrong. Let me use a demonstration. If you were to come to me and ask me, Nandi, please, would you take me to the doctor? My car is broken. Please, would you pick me up and take me down to the doctor? And I say, yeah, sure. So I come and I pick you up. And as we're driving down to the doctor's offices, um, the robot turns orange and red before I cross the intersection. And as I see it turning red, I look to the right, I look to the left, and I put my foot down on the accelerator and I speed through the red robot. And as I go through the traffic light and I go to the other side, all of a sudden I see the blue lights of the policeman in the back of my window and I need to pull over and I pull over and the cop comes to the side of my window and he you know I wind down the window and he starts you know asking me for my license and he starts writing out a fine because um, we drove over the red robot how do you feel now I need to ask you how do you feel as the passenger sitting on the side of the car who had asked me to take you to the doctor if your answer is that you feel guilty you feel responsible that you would probably offer to pay for the fine then my answer to you would be that that is inappropriate guilt you didn't do anything wrong you asking me to take you to the doctor is not something to feel guilty over you see you didn't drive through the red robot you didn't ask me to say 
Nandi, put your foot down on the accelerator. Please, I'm going to be late. Skip the red robot. I made that choice of my own free will. Now, if you are feeling guilty over this, you might be somebody that's struggling with inappropriate guilt. Feeling guilty over the actions of others when you had no part to play in this. We really need to evaluate whether our guilt is for something that we have done or our guilt is inappropriate just because we were present when someone else did something wrong. Now, you know, you might feel guilty because you didn't tell me to stop. That could be an appropriate feeling of guilt, but it is not your guilt to carry that I went through the red robot. Um, as a matter of fact, the reason I know this is inappropriate guilt is because if you went and you looked at the police officer and you said, sir, please don't find her, find me instead. The police officer is going to tell you that you're a little bit wonkers, that you're a little bit crazy because you are not the driver and therefore you are not guilty. So please be aware of inappropriate guilt. And I'm going to teach you a little bit how to deal with inappropriate guilt if you're struggling with it just in a little bit. But you see, when we go through these these experiences of guilt the appropriate or even inappropriate experiences of guilt we often go into what we call destructive reactions to guilt you see guilt sometimes is so heavy to bear and we just want the guilt to go away and the way we start to do this is because we start self-punishing are you self-punishing yourself saying you know i'm such a bad person and therefore i need to punish myself some people go into very negative and destructive thoughts and behavior reckless behavior like saying oh you know what i'm just never going to conquer this thing i keep doing this wrong thing over and over again i might as well give up and just do whatever i want you know just 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 live an immoral life and and i know that many of us have had that thought we just say oh, this is too hard i can't i can't do it and then there are some who go into substance abuse because the substance abuse has the, the temporary effect of numbing your emotions, numbing the thoughts of guilt. You don't think about the wrong things that you've done for a short while, but then when the substance wears off, it comes back like a floodgate. So be careful of this. An excessive guilt can also cause increased stress and anxiety and depression if we don't do what the guilt is trying to push us into doing. Some people tend to isolate within their guilt. Um, for example, if you know you've done something wrong, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes when you go out into society, it kind of feels like people can see what you've done. It feels like your sins are written on your forehead. And so we tend to isolate. We, we tend to not be with our family members because we've got this guilt weighing us down. Or we isolate from God like Adam and Eve. They ran from God when they felt the guilt of sin on them. And then you also get another bad um, type of reaction to guilt is where we overcompensate. And what this is, it's really like if you think about maybe a mom gets caught kissing a stranger and now every time the kid does something wrong, the mom lets the kid get away with it because how can she rebuke the kid when she herself is guilty of worse? So be careful of this. I think of, for example, um, the story of Moses in the Bible. I think that he overcompensated because when he goes to the two Israelites who were fighting and he says to them, don't do this, you are brothers, you shouldn't be fighting with one another. They turn to him and they say to him, they quickly remind him that, hold on, didn't you just kill that Egyptian the other day? And guilt causes him to run away. Guilt causes him to, to, to not be able to, to stand up for that which is wrong and right because he himself feels guilty. So be aware of the fact that your guilt can actually cause you to not be able to point out the guilt of others. Um, not that we should be pointing out guilt and judging, but the point is, is that with your children, sometimes it's necessary to call out things that they have done that is wrong.
It also causes self-doubt and mistrust inside of us. You see, if you are constantly overstepping your own boundaries and doing things that are wrong, eventually you are going to be so disappointed in yourself. You're going to end up feeling so low in your self-esteem, saying that, you know, I can't even follow my own rules and regulations. And how am I going to follow everything else that God expects me to do? And then we end up not being able to say no. We, we, we tend to just agree with everything in life because we feel that we don't have the right to stand up and, and form boundaries and create a certain type of life that we want. You see, guilt can sometimes drive us out of the arms of God, but what it should do is it should really drive us towards God. Yesterday we looked at David, and David is really somebody that we can go and study in our lives to see how he experienced sin, how he experienced guilt, how he experienced forgiveness through the Lord. And Psalms 38 verse 4 to 11, he speaks about the guilt that he experiences. And I want you to listen at his experience. He says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before the Lord and my sighings are not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength fails. Even the light from my eyes have gone out. My friends and my companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away from me. And as I read this passage from David, I I realize to myself that he's explaining that he's feeling literally a bodily pain in the feelings of guilt. He's explaining the emotional crushedness, that he doesn't feel strength, that he, he just feels so overwhelmed and he can't bear the guilt anymore. And he even explains that he feels like his companions stay far away from him. And I wonder if really they stayed far away from him or if it was him staying far away from them because of his feelings of guilt of all the wrong that he had done. And you see, oftentimes guilt does come. Guilt is something that we do experience when things have gone wrong, when we have overstepped boundaries. And there is a purpose to guilt. As much as we try and run from it and numb it and make it go away, there really is a purpose to guilt. And the purpose of guilt is to warn us that something is going wrong, that boundaries have been overstepped. But you see, we often try and run away from the guilt. We don't want to feel the guilt. We don't want to listen to the guilt. So we just numb it and we just push it aside, kind of like the warning signals on a car. You see, guilt is like those warning signals in a car. When you switch on your car's ignition, there are certain warning lights that come up on the dashboard. Warning lights that tell you whether something in the car is malfunctioning or not working or needs to be replaced. So I don't know how your cars work, but I know that my car, when I switch on the car's ignition, the first click, it shows the warning lights. When you switch it on completely, the warning lights should go off. If they don't go off, it means something needs to be fixed. So what do you do when the warning light goes on that tells you that your right indicator light is faulty and that you need to fix it? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You get out of the car, you go to the boot, you take out a wrench out of the boot and you smack that light until it is broken and then you climb back in the car, switch the car on and if the warning light has gone off, then you can can continue driving. Isn't that right? That's what we do, right? When a warning light goes on, we go and we destroy the light so that the warning light can go off. No, that's not what we do. We fix the light. 
The warning light tells us that the light needs to be fixed. But you see, we often do this with guilt. We crush guilt. We destroy that which which causes the guilt instead of fixing it. You see, guilt tells us that a boundary has been overstepped. It's a time when we feel guilt to reassess our boundaries, to say, okay, maybe I need to put better boundaries in place because I keep overstepping this boundary. It's really an opportunity to learn about ourselves and about our weaknesses and to fix them. It's an opportunity to change our behavior. It's a warning to be cautious because sometimes we start feeling guilty before we've overstepped the boundary. We feel guilty because we're about to overstep the boundary. Um, guilt is a warning. It's a warning light. It's a signal that goes off and says, woo, 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 hold on, hold on. You're about to overstep a boundary. You're about to do something that's wrong or you have already done something that's wrong. So it really makes us aware of wrongdoing. It's kind of like the Holy Spirit, that conscience, that voice in our head that leads us to know what's right and wrong. And if we really want to allow guilt to do the work that it needs to do inside of us, guilt is supposed to drive us into the arms of God. To say, Lord, I've done wrong, into confession, to say, I've done wrong, I need to fix it, please help me to fix it. And you see, God stands with his arms wide open, mercifully towards the sinner, saying, I have come, your your guilt has overwhelmed you, but I will forgive you. I will heal you. I will pardon you and I will give you peace. Um, So how do we deal with guilt then? There's two ways to deal with guilt. The inappropriate guilt, like the one where you feel guilty, where you haven't done anything wrong. There's only three things that you do with false or inappropriate guilt. You let it go. You put it down and you walk away. Don't stay there in your thoughts and your emotions. Put it down. Walk away. It's, it's inappropriate. Just leave it behind you. Don't even think about it. And then the appropriate guilt, the guilt where you have done something wrong. First John 1 verse 8 tells us that we should confess and acknowledge our errors before the Lord. Go to the Lord and tell him what we've done wrong. And yesterday I said, when you've done something wrong, do it immediately. Don't wait for a week or two weeks from now. Every day, confess your errors before the Lord and fix what needs to be fixed. So if you have done something wrong, take responsibility where necessary. Let me use a illustration if you are playing cricket with your your son your daughter whoever else and you accidentally knock out the neighbor's window you have you you know you've crossed the boundary something has gone wrong then you take responsibility and you fix the window so if you can fix something in that which you've done wrong fix it kind of like Zacchaeus Zacchaeus stole money from people and he fixed it by giving back more than what he had taken Um, We need to learn what needs to be learned. In other words, if you know that your weakness is a specific weakness, learn the lesson and don't go back there. Re-evaluate your boundaries. Maybe you've noticed that um, your boundaries aren't strong enough and you need to put certain rules in place to keep you from doing wrong. And then assert your boundaries because sometimes the reason we overstep our boundaries is because other people push us to overstep the boundaries. So so be more assertive and say, no, I'm not going to do those things that you're pushing me to do. Even though you say that this is okay and it's not bad, I have my own boundaries and you have yours. Please respect mine. And then we need to change what needs to be changed. And we need to also forgive ourselves. This is extremely important. Sometimes we forget that forgiveness is not just towards others, but it's about forgiving yourself for that which you have done wrong and to be able to move on 
done with life. You see, sometimes we don't forgive ourselves and we hold on to this burden of unforgiveness and guilt of things that you did many, many years ago, things that went wrong in your childhood and you're still carrying that guilt. When God has long since forgiven you, you haven't forgiven yourself. You see, First John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Can you today also cleanse yourself of unrighteousness by forgiving yourself and saying, I made a mistake, but I've made the necessary changes and I'm not that person anymore. You see, feelings of guilt are normal. They're there to warn us that things have gone wrong, to point out a problem in our life that needs to be revisited so that our boundaries can be reestablished. And we need to let go of that inappropriate guilt, you know, things that we feel guilty for that we played no role in. But take responsibility where you are guilty and forgive yourself for it. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible of the prodigal son, such a beautiful story that teaches us that when we have truly strayed from God and his laws, that we can come home anytime that we can confess our wrongful ways and return to the Father who is already waiting and watching on the road to see when we will return. First John 1 verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Confess whatever is making you feel shame and guilt and regret and return to your Father, return to God so that He can heal you and so that He can help you to live that life the way that you've always wanted to. May God bless you. Amen. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus 27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8 a.m. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus 27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.